Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Talking About Rock. I'm Rob Edwards. Each week, we usually bring you interviews with rock musicians. Today, we change it up a bit. The time has finally come again that all heavy metal fans wait for. The latest album from the Prince of Darkness himself, Patient Number 9. Here to discuss that and all things Ozzy-related today, we are so pleased to have with us Dan Drago and Josh Crum from the Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Ozzy podcast. Hey, how you doing, Rob? Thank you so how much you for doing, having Rob? us. Hey, Super guys, excited so great to be, here. to be here. I'm glad you can make it. We got everybody together finally. That's awesome. So tell us about, I mean, I love your podcast, guys. It's great. Thank I'm you. listening to the show all the time, as all the Aussie fans out there should be doing. So I don't know who wants to start. Maybe tell us a little bit about that and how that came about. Go ahead, Dan. So I've... Me and Josh met on a Black Sabbath message board probably about 12 years ago. And we would talk on there and we, we knew right away we were the Aussie guys on the podcast, I mean, on the uh, message board. So I got his information or he got my information. We started bullshitting separately. And then the, the relationship and friendship just grew and grew and grew. And I want to make no bones about it. You know, Josh and I are great friends first and foremost. And then the podcast is just something we do on top of it. So we just decided, fuck, we talk all the time about Ozzy, why don't we just start recording our conversations? And we've been doing it. We did about it. We just celebrated our one year anniversary and it's really taken off and it's even way bigger and better than either of us ever expected. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I really enjoy it. You know, that's kind of how I started this show here. Me and my co-host in Nashville who couldn't be with us tonight though. Same kind of thing. We're always talking music, always talking rock. So we decided, you know, time to start something up about it. So let's get to it, what we all wanted to chat about here. So it's finally coming in September. We've all been waiting for it. Patient number nine, the whole album will be getting dropped. So let's talk about the first track, which is amazing. I was blown away. I've listened to the thing over a thousand times. I keep watching the video, keep finding new cool stuff in it. You know what I mean? I just, I was blown away. Yeah, you know, patient number nine at first really was a bit of a grower for me. But man, it's been, you know, a month now, maybe five weeks since it came out. And it continues to get better and better every time I hear it. I mean, like you said, you hear new things, you see new things about it. And it just feels like it keeps on getting better. Like, there's so much stored in that seven minute package of that song that like there's things you didn't notice until you've listened to it for the 15th time or the 30th time. It's, it's crazy. And the way that they interweave Andrew Watts guitar with Zach Wilde and Jeff Beck. It's fucking fabulous. Yeah, just yeah. just amazing graphics. And Jeff Beck is just crushing it. I would have not kind of put that together myself, you know? Yeah, I love his solos in the song. They're very rock oriented, which I think fits the song really well because the, the, as great as the riff is, it's not super heavy, right? What I love about Patient Number 9 is the construction of it. You know, I know a lot of people, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, but if you really listen to patient number nine, it's got some cool key changes, that ending outro that's like a minute and 20 seconds of music, that fantastic bridge. I love that they do so much in seven and a half minutes, and it doesn't feel at all like a seven and a half minute epic. No, it never what, does. Yeah, what the, what the song feels like to me is it feels like a classic Ozzy song right out of the box. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't, no I didn't question. think we were going to get that again, you know? Yeah. And Ozzy's voice sounds marvelous. I mean, I thought his voice sounded pretty good on Ordinary Man, considering his age and the condition. 
But it seems like patient number nine is even a step forward from that. He just sounds remarkably good on this track. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I liked I liked Ordinary Man. I, I like the songs on that. But that's like I said, I didn't think we were going to get something metal, something hardcore again. I wasn't sure where Ozzy was, you know, headed next. And then this this dropped and I was I was just blown away. Yeah, the great thing about it is Andrew Watt learning and evolving. And I just told Josh and, and our buddy Ryan, who's a big friend of the show the other day, what I love about this so much is it's kind of a left turn from Ordinary Man. It's the same production team. Chad Smith's heavily involved. I mean, obviously, Robert Trujillo's new to this record, and he's bringing in a lot of guitar players. But I love the fact that it's such a left turn. And these two songs that have dropped so far sound nothing like Ordinary Man. Yes, definitely nothing like it. Yeah, so I was I was real excited to hear the new track, uh, Degradation Rules. So they got Tony Iommi on that, recreating the magic that was that was Black Sabbath. That's uh, that's there. I said it. It's been recreated. We didn't think it could rise again, but it has, you know, and, and then we also have, you know, the harmonica here that's reminiscent of the wizard, you know, that's, yeah. that's what I heard. That's pretty much what everyone heard. I mean, even from the moment they released the teaser and you hear that little snippet of harmonica, it was like, Oh shit, we got wizard vibes already. Like that's, that's what we want to hear. And any Aussie fan loves to hear him play the harmonica, man. It's just, there's just something special about it. And there's something so unique about hearing him do that. And he isn't the world's greatest harmonica player. He's not bad, but it's just so fun to hear him throw down on a track with his harmonica. And knowing that it makes him feel more involved also. Like I, you know, it means a lot to him. If you ever watch the show, uh, Ozzy and Jack's World Detour, he was always carrying that harmonica. And anytime he had a free moment, he's picking it out, just kind of harping on it, you know, and stuff. So, so fun to hear that, man. And, you know, degradation rules. We're still trying to decipher, Dan and I, if that is Tony Iommi on the rhythm of, of the song or not. I kind of lean that it's not. I believe that's Andrew Watt, maybe Zach Wilde, and Tony's just on the solo. Uh, I actually have a message in to try to get us an answer on that. I'll let you know if I get that anytime soon. But um, Tony's on that guitar solo, man, is just absolutely smoking. And just having his presence on Ozzy's solo track is just unbelievable. And something really kind of way overdue, to be honest. Definitely. And and the video I thought was was mind blowing again. You know, it was it was totally different from from what they did with patient number nine, but it was just right. so cool and so intense. It again harkened me back to the Black Sabbath days with what they did with the graphics. Yeah. So the irony is so far, it does not appear Tony Omi has a writing credit for this track, which blows my mind. And I'm sure I'm speaking for Josh as well, because this sounds so much like Black Sabbath. So the fact that I believe Andrew Watt has written most of the rift with probably Robert Trujillo. They have really done a wonderful job of capturing that essence and spirit of what Black Sabbath is. If you listen to that rhythm section behind Tony's solo, fuck, it's like fairies wear boots. There's so much swinging yeah. going on. It's unbelievable. They've done a great job. I'm just flabbergasted that Tony doesn't have a writing credit. That's how much it sounds like Sabbath. Yeah, I will have to check that much closer. Yeah, that's yeah. When I when I heard that, I, I was listening to it all day yesterday over and over again because I, I was I was just blown away by it. And of course, being the huge Ozzy fan that I am, it's like I, I need more Ozzy. So when is the rest of it coming? And I'm hoping the other stuff is just as amazing, just as cool. But and I know you guys are in the know about like the, the packaging for this, too. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, what are the packagings they're offering? Are there different uh different collector stuff, different packagings they're having coming out for it? 
yeah, they so Ozzy covets having a Billboard number one album solo. It's something he's never done. He has done it with Black Sabbath. He's never done it solo. He's always been so close. He's always fallen in the three and four range. And they try with every release a new way to potentially push him over to that number one spot. Remember the free fest tickets back in 2004? If you bought Black Rain, you got free tickets to OzFest and all that stuff. Yeah. So they're always trying little marketing ploys to get him over the edge. The ploy with patient number nine is that there are a million different variants of covers of different color vinyl, whatever, different styles of packaging that you can get. They're really trying to get people to buy multiple copies as most as they can to, to really push it over to the number one spot. There's probably, what would you say, Dan, at least 20 different colors you can buy color variants for the vinyl? Yeah, 100%. And that's exactly I what mean, they're doing. There's a yeah. ton of them. And then they released the special Todd McFarlane, Todd McFarlane uh, cover edition with a different cover that has the patient number nine drawing, like from the comic book on it. And then that's available also on vinyl or CD. And then they released a variant of that with the blue marble vinyl so there's a million different you to choose from and no doubt people buy multiple copies i know i've bought i think four at this point and <laughs> two I'm cds and two records i believe yeah yeah i've bought four four vinyl and two cds so i'm up to six copies already it's just it's crazy it's, you know it's insane yeah That's but some of the cool. variants they're so amazing like the walmart variant is perfect it goes great with the original cover Cause it's got the gold vinyl and then he released the Todd McFarland variant. And then I bought that one cause it was black, which I didn't have a black copy yet. And then they came out with this really cool blue variant that goes with it. So I just bought that one. So I do love the <laughs> colors they're doing, but I, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. And I, I you know, I mean, me and Josh know with people, few people that are a little frustrated cause there is so much out there, but I think it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, if I see another version out there, that's pretty cheap. I'm sure I'll pick it up. Very cool, very cool. And I know he's he's killing it on streaming, definitely. I know his Spotify numbers are huge for the song. I'm I'm sure I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna get it this time. I mean, everything's just been through the roof. And let's be honest, what other great metal is out there right now? Right. You right. know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of bands that have um been put back together or have different members or trying to get that sound again, but I don't think they're even coming close anywhere at all you know hey that is a hell of a point rob and how many people are in their 70s not resting on their laurels doing tours of just playing the hits i fucking love that ozzy loves to record and write music because that's really where his passion is he's already talked about having another one in him to me that gets me and josh more geeked yeah, than anything absolutely Absolutely. That's also said the same thing, Dan. Yeah, he's just he's in his mid seventies and still putting out quality material. There's not many artists yeah. that can say that. Exactly, and I know it is so hard. Like for us hardcore rock fans, we love all that old stuff that came out, and so sometimes it's really hard to break through with the with the newer songs and for us to to get that vibe again and get that feeling. But I I, I get that with with these tracks. It's it definitely shows through. You know the the writing is there, the talent is there. It's just, it's just like I said, it sounds like classic eyes to me, and I was blown away. Yeah, it and really another does. thing, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, another no, no, thing I wanted to point out too. Yeah, is that one thing about ordinary man? You know, ordinary man. Dan and I both agree is Ozzy's best record since Osmosis, in our opinions. So, but if you speak with the typical Aussie fans online, it's kind of split. It was divisive. You know, a lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. 
But the reason they hated it was because Andrew Watt is kind of primarily known as a pop producer, even though he's a rocker at heart, right? He used right. to play in the band with Glenn Hughes, California Breed, before he was a producer. Right. But he's known best for working with Justin Bieber, Post Malone, Miley Cyrus, people like that. So when he comes out with Ozzy, a lot of the metal community immediately just started hating on it because Andrew Watt was producing it and played guitar on it. So with this new album, to push it over the top, that's why Andrew Watt, in our opinion, you'll see every track featuring Jeff Beck, featuring Zach Wilde, featuring Tony Iommi. They knew, you know, what your guitar playing is great, but the fans want to see these guys. So while there's songs that Andrew Watt wrote and his guitar tracks are being used also, I mean, they're not discarding those. He is on the record. But bringing in Zach Wilde to redo the rhythm sections and then, you know, you got Tony Iommi and Zach and Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton doing leads. I mean, what a brilliant marketing idea also to try to win over not only your newer fans, but to keep the old school fans happy also. And I got to tell you, Degradation Rules, when I first heard it, it was a little bit of a grower for me. The first few listens, I wasn't so sure. I knew I loved it, and I knew I did. Yeah, I agree. It. it wasn't for me either, yeah. It took me a second. But I got to tell you, the metal community's taken the Degradation Rules better than they did any of the singles on Ordinary Man. And I think it's because of one guy, Tony Iommi. Yeah. People just love Tony Iommi, and the minute they knew, the minute we released Tony Iommi's name on this, the well, metal world's going to go well, berserk, Tony Iommi, and they did. metal creator. That's all I got to no say. No question. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll tell you what I love about Degradation Rules, though, is it's heavy as shit, right? I mean, that riff is so heavy, but the melody Ozzy is using in the verses is very Beatlesque. If you listen to it, there's so much Beatles in his vocal melody. So it's just classic Ozzy because Ozzy's been doing that his whole career. Yeah. Well, he's always said the with Beatles, John Lennon. Yeah. yeah. He said the Beatles are a huge influence on him, you know, from day one. He, he yep. loved, he loved that. Yeah. So if you listen to that melody, it's, it's like something off revolver. It's so fucking great. Intense, intense. So we, we started talking about it a little bit here about different albums and stuff like that. So I figure let's, let's pull it out of the bag now. Why don't we, if we want to go around, um, Top three, we'll do top three Ozzy albums because we know what the top two are probably going to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little easy. I might remove one just to make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go first? You want to go I'll, first? I'll go ahead and go first. I'll let Dan think about what one he wants to remove. So for me, I had to be that guy. It's a 1A and 1B. But um, my favorite Ozzy record today is Diary of a Madman. To me, it's the one that definitely showcases everyone's ability to the apex of what they could do. And the song Diary of a Madman is the greatest heavy metal song of all time. I just don't think it can be topped. It is the stairway to heaven of hard rock, if ever there was one. That outro with the London Chamber Choir and everything, this is absolute metal perfection. I just yeah, don't know. I got to agree with you, London. but I got to disagree on the one track. I would say You Can't Kill Rock and Roll is the ultimate track for me okay anyway. i love that that's great yeah now that's cool but at the same time i have always claimed my favorite album to be blizzard of oz because it's the one that really ignited the torch for me it was the one i was turned on to first crazy train like every other aussie fan probably uh taught me when i was about 13 and and i, I went from there so those two were clearly the two and number three uh for me is probably you know at a quick thought it was bark at the moon but uh, now that I think about it harder, I swear, No Rest for the Wicked's right there also. It's just so damn solid, so good. We did a episode on No Rest for the Wicked on our show where we did an in-depth 
discussed every track and the, the stories behind it. And it made me appreciate the album that much more. Just kind of digging back into it, you know, and really listening to it. Uh, for me, I'm going to go for number three, No Rest for the Wicked. It's just fucking solid. It never lets up. So right. not, not, not to almost steal what Josh is going to say, but my favorite album of all time by far is Diary of a Madman. It's not even close. It's my favorite album by anybody. It's perfection front to back. And what those four guys did, it just, it amazes me. I never get tired of it. Like I get tired of Crazy Train, you know, fuck, I get tired of, you got another thing coming. There's a thousand songs I could talk about getting tired of. There's not one track off of Diary of a Madman where I am tired of it. I can listen to it front to back. Always. Diary of a Madman, the song is my favorite song of all time. So I'm going to echo Josh there. Sorry, I love you, Can't Kill Rock and Roll, but there's just something about Diary of a Madman. Number two is clearly Blizzard of Oz. You just can't. I was going to joke and take that out, but here's just the truth. You cannot ever take away what those four guys did. Those Ozzy, Randy, Bob, and Lee together is gold. It's magic. I even like it better than Sabbath. I'll tell you right now, those two records are my favorite two records of all time. My third is Bark at the Moon, clearly. I'm obsessed with the record. I think it's dark. It's got some of Ozzy's coolest memories. And the fact where Ozzy was after Randy's death and the, the assimil- dissimulation of his band, the fact that he was able to make a record so great blows me away. But I will give you a 3A, and that is Osmosis. I'm a big fan of Osmosis. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm mostly all those points for sure. For me, the first two albums are almost like it should have been a double album package. Right. You know what I mean? Blizzard yeah. and Diary is 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 like like Kiss Alive two to me. It's like they should have came out in one package. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's just like the complete completion of of the circle of of everything. So those just did it for me. And it's kind of it's kind of a tie between um two. It's kind of a tie between uh, Bark at the Moon for me and ultimate sin just 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 because a lot of the different uh subject matter on ultimate sin i thought was really intriguing but uh but bark at the moon definitely was yeah the continuation of 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 ozzy for sure exactly every track in there center of eternity amazing jakey lee is so good on that record yeah yeah and you know we typically dan and i with if we do anything like hey who's your favorite like give me an Aussie band and who's your favorite guitar player and bass player. And what's your ultimate Aussie group. When we do shit like that, we always say, well, the blizzard of Oz era doesn't count <laughs> because obviously yeah. you go with those four guys. Cause the magic was just so perfect. Like Dan said that you just can't use those dudes because it was just the perfect group, you know? Right. So if you use those, that would always be your answer, right? Like it's right. just more of that, you know? So we always <laughs> kind of like, we always have like the black Sabbath era, the Blizzard of Oz era, then everything else, because it's just, that's just kind of how it feels. Yeah, it's just yeah, an amazing time. I have to time. say, it is. And Ultimate Sin is right there for me, but I'm not a huge fan of the, the production. I think Ron Nevison glammed it up a little bit too much for me personally. And I think some of the choruses are a little bit too much a to- sign of the times with the rocking all night and we will rock and I don't know, some of it, it, I love the ultimate sin and it, it's special to me because of the, when it came out and how old I am. And I just, rem- I remember the day buying the vinyl, but I think Bark is, is considerably superior. Yeah. For me, Killer Giants just was a, a great oh, yeah. song. I just love it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Fool Like yeah. You is maybe one of Ozzy's most underrated tracks. Of course, next to Waiting for Darkness being his most underrated track, but 
Fool Like You is fucking phenomenal. Yes. How can number, someone not love Waiting for Darkness? Oh, the greatest track <laughs> never to be. I don't, I don't even understand it. It's a top five Aussie song for me all time. It's amazing. When, uh, when Dan and I first fell in love with each other, <laughs> it was when we were chatting online one day and I said, and I don't remember if he said it first or me, but it's like, man, like waiting for darkness is Aussie's most underrated song. I'm like, fuck, I know me too. Like, I agree. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, that song is amazing. And it's when we really realize we're on the same level here. Like we yeah. think alike, you know. When, when I play yeah. that album, that's the song I always play first every time. Wow. Yeah. It's every awesome. time. That, that so should have been an opener for me. For me, that should have been the opener. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it'd be a killer. Yeah. Do you recall? I think it's a great closer, though. It is a great closer. Um, before we joked about it on the show, some, but before the No More Tours 2 tour, uh, Ozzy, they had asked about any, you know, deep tracks. And he said, oh, yeah, we've been doing Waiting for Darkness. And it sounds great at rehearsal. And Dan and I were just so damn excited. And yeah. I was at opening night in Jacksonville, Florida. And Dan's texting me all night. He's like, has he played Waiting for Darkness? Has he played Waiting for <laughs> Darkness? And, of course, yeah. he didn't. I was so yeah. disappointed, man, because I waited on it all night long. And he never did play it. What a tease. Can you imagine? Yeah. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Well, I got to see him play it at, on the Bark at the Moon tour, so that was pretty cool. Oh, no, he never, he never played Waiting for Darkness. Did live. he play it on the tour? Are you sure? No, Bark at the Moon. He, I'm, yeah, he played Bark at the Moon, Rock and Roll Rebel, Center of Eternity are the three ones he played from that album. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Well, let's, let's switch categories here a little bit, and let's discuss kind of what's been going on in Ozzy's life recently. Sure. So, first off, He's been going through a lot of health issues here. He just came out of surgery. Looks like he's doing a lot better. And he just did the Comic-Con in San Diego. Yeah. Um, guys got any thoughts and feedback around that? We know he announced, was it last year or the year before, about the Parkinson's that was going on too? And he's battling that now. Yeah. We actually, I came across a video on uh, YouTube. It was from Entertainment Tonight where they had interviewed him at the Comic-Con briefly at his table, literally while he was signing the autographs. And I sent it to Dan immediately, and we both just discussed over. He looked excellent. He looked so good at the Comic-Con. Yep, I and just watched that today, good. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so sounds excellent, it. too. Yeah, he sounds so good. And he's, yeah. he takes his time to think and speak, you know, intelligently, you know, with thought about what he's wanting to say, and he's not stuttering as much. It just – he looked so good, man. It definitely warmed my heart to see yeah, it. because let's and be honest, that, it used to be difficult to understand the guy sometimes. yeah. Right? Yeah, for so, sure. He he looked good. He sounded good. And Sharon had said on Pierce Morgan the day before that he was doing a lot better. But you just never know if that's just, you know, people speaking and trying to be optimistic or what. But then seeing him the next day at the Comic-Con, he looked great. You know, when Ozzy was in the height of his mumbling and, and just being incoherent, I believe, you know, a lot of people don't realize he was he was he had the same doctor that Michael Jackson had that that OD'd Michael Jackson and killed him. Ozzy was taking 70 pills a day during that time. And he oh was just God. so fucked yeah. up from, from prescribed medication. And that's yeah. why, I mean, people think he's not there, but if, when he's not on all that shit, you could clearly see the wit, the charm. He's, he's 100% there mentally. And that's what means the most to, to Josh. And I no question about it. The Parkinson's is hard for me to see a little bit because he is noticeably shaking. So it, it really makes me sad, but I mean, I love the guy's spirit out there at 73 and still, you know, hitting Comic-Con. And I, I, you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever see him on stage again, but just the fact that he's out there doing his thing makes me really happy. Yeah. And, you know, even, 
even at the Comic-Con, that's what he said to Entertainment Tonight, if you recall. He said, this is what I love being out here and seeing these people. And just, you know, that's first time he's been in front of a crowd in two years. And right. you could tell it meant as much to him as it did to all the people there waiting to meet him, you know, just to be able to be out in public and, and make a, an, an appearance and feel proud of himself and feel like he looks okay. You know, I'm sure it's, you know, it's discouraging to go out shaking and you don't feel well. And, you know, he's, he's crippled over and humped over and, they're having to help him walk. You know, from what I understand, he's kind of doing all that on his own right now and doing really well with it. So that's excellent. Yeah, he did look really good during the video and he did sound really well. We we hope to see him, you know, out at least doing the one more tour. You know, like you guys are saying, it's it's amazing, you know, that he's still able to do this, you know, what he's gone through and stuff. Let's let's hope we have him around for quite a while longer. So yeah. let's change tracks a little bit. We got some really, really cool news. He had an announcement with his daughter Kelly about her pregnancy that yeah. was pretty cool and awesome right he's yeah he is glowing about it he's so excited yeah it's gonna be so, a mix between osborne's and slipknot i mean what yeah, yeah exactly well he was, i think he was saying that he's got to buy a microphone and a guitar the first two presents for the baby that's right <laughs> that baby's gonna have music in their blood no question about it no question about that yeah yeah, so I, I just excited. thought that was a, such a cool announcement. You could see how how excited he was and how happy. Right. And, and that's he's and, and and so you never know who's going to be next for the throne in years to come, right? We might have another metal master down the line. <laughs> we hope. That's right. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of the rock kids are trying, man. Every day I feel like I'm reading Metallica's kids are doing some band or this band. Or, yeah. You know, I know Tony's daughter does stuff. It's it's kind of great mm -hmm. to see. Excellent. Yeah. I, I hope I hope we get something like that down the roads and this doesn't yeah. just change into something that's uh the regurgitated pop kind of stuff that we have now. So let's let's and hope. Jack's always been cool as hell, but he's just never really went into the music side of it, other than he's more the Sharon Osborne management side or the right. promoter side. Yeah, or, you know, he's definitely promoter. I, I love the detour show with yeah. him and Ozzy. That was I, real I'm cool. Telling. It's so cool, man. I loved it when they were in Virginia. And I don't know if you remember that episode. It was one of the first ones. And they were eating Chick-fil-A in the drive-thru. And Ozzy's like devouring Chick-fil-A. And Flying High again came on the radio. Did you see that episode? And Ozzy <laughs> just reaches over and turns it down. And Jack turns it back up. And Ozzy turns it back down. And Jack's like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't want to hear that. Jack said, you just never thought you'd be here, did you? And Ozzy said, where? He said, in the middle of Virginia, eating Chick-fil-A in a in a rented Ford while you listen to yourself on the radio, you know, just, you know, awesome. you know, you know what cool the show, you know, what yeah. the most memorable I think for me was with that when they took him back to the archives and he got to listen to the original oh, yeah. recordings yeah. that Randy did, and that was you great. could just see the emotion and the memories just flooding back to him of all that magic back then and his friendship with Randy and what was going on in his life at that time. I'm sure just yeah, just came rushing back. Yep. He says it all the time. He only knew Randy for three years, but it felt like a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And I truly believe he still carries the burden of his death. I think he blames yeah. himself for that. I, I, I think he still does. He, yeah. he had mentioned several years ago that uh, I promised his mother I'd take care of him, but I brought right. him home in a pine box. You know, he's, yeah. he always kind of says that stuff like that. And I think he still, I think that still carries with Ozzy to this day. Yeah, I think that would that would go through with anyone like that. You would you would have the, yeah. that type of thing hanging over you, unfortunately. You know what I mean? But uh, another thing that's been going on in the Ozzy world, obviously, you wanted to talk about a little bit, and I think you guys are aware of it. The Night Ozzy Osbourne campaign going on, and yeah. the addition at Change.org that's been headed by 
uh, Helen Med Medias. I hope I'm pronouncing Medios. that right. Medios. Medios, thank Medios. you. Medios. Yeah. And I think she started in 2011. And they have about uh, 34,000 signatures at this point, and they're trying to get uh, knighthood bestowed on Ozzy for impactful work for his profession. I, I think that's cool. What, what do you guys think about that? I, I think it's amazing. I mean, Sir Ozzy just rolls right off the tongue. You know what I mean? I mean, it just <laughs> is so it. perfect. And yeah. let's be honest, not only was the guy one of the most, you know, he, one of four people that was the pioneer of forming and founding heavy metal. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That's, you know, Tony, Bill, Geezer, and Ozzy, those guys founded it. And then it, how many people have had a successful, a more successful career after getting kicked out of a band like Ozzy has? It's very, very few and far between. The guy deserves it. He's a pillar. Ozfest was brought back metal here in the States. He sold over a hundred million records. You know, they've given it to people that are way less deserve, deserving than Ozzy. So I would love to see Ozzy knighted. No question about it. Absolutely. And Helen Mediotis is definitely a, a, a friend of our show. Yeah, she likes great. to chime in and ask questions. And one when uh, we did a Ask Us session on one of our shows and she had a question and that's how I know it's pronounced Mediotis because- Oh, thank you so that, much. That I'm was, so sorry that about that, guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was my guess on we the show. We asked her to be on the show this. and talk, but she, could, she, would, she couldn't be on, so- uh, oh, she's great. But yeah, she messaged later and said, for the record, you got it correct, Mediotis. So, but awesome. man, hey, she is relentless with this Night Aussie campaign. I yeah, mean, every great. post we put up, she she retweets and puts her Night Aussie on it. Every post everyone puts up, she reposts and puts that on it. She is relentless. And this is 100% been on her back. She's worked her ass off to try to get this done. Yep, yep. I've been reposting her stuff and, and trying to spread the word as well. I, I think it's it's an amazing thing that she's doing. And she's got so much passion for it. And she's been, yeah. you know, trying to plug along and get it going since since 2011. You know, it took a lot of time to get uh, get some steam behind it. But uh, uh, finally, now it's it's making its way around and, and, it, and it's really looking good. I, it is. I, I can't believe what she's done with it. I, I just want to keep spreading the word for it. I, I talked to her a couple of times. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And it's something that Dan and I, we don't really so much go on about the nighting Aussie, which I mean, we're on board with that also. But one of our biggest gripes is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't realize that Ozzy Osbourne is still not in as a solo artist. He's yeah. in with Black Sabbath, but he's not in solo. And that's Pisses another thing off. that we really, uh, we harp on that one on our show a lot. How's Ozzy Osbourne not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet? And nobody yeah. even brings it up. That's what pisses me off. You know, yeah, you, oh, yeah. Yeah. Some... you don't want to you don't want to bring up Rock and Hall of Fame to me either, because I because I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them apart. I've been there twice. You know, the yeah. only thing that saves them from not rip, getting ripped on our show all the time is that they finally figured a way to get Judas Priest in there. So, but even that way, with the musical excellence, is so disappointing. It is. You know, Priest is. needs to be in as a band. You know, yeah. Randy got in as a musical excellence artist. And that was perfect for Randy. That was yep. exactly what that award is for. Not somebody like Judas Priest. Yeah, yeah, I know. We had to take what we can get sometimes. You know, heavy metal is like the underdog and we have to fight and claw our way to get through things. So some of the other people that they've nominated are just like, who are these people thinking about? Mm -hmm. I mean, I like Dolly Parton just as much as anybody else does, but does she belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Probably exactly. not. Or just come out and have the balls so. to change She even it. said so herself. Yeah, I love, I love that she came out and did that. Or just change it to the fucking Music Hall of Fame. Right. And then I, I think people would not be so irate and upset about it. Yeah, yeah. And I've had lots of people come up and say, you know, maybe the fans should start their own 
Rock Hall of Fame, right? Run by the fans and and because because what are they doing all this for anyway, right? It would be a totally right. different thing, you know. Call up Eddie no Trunk question. and say, and I'm sure he would be on board too and come over and take a look at it. <laughs> yeah. Because right? like you said, I'm sorry, I'm gonna catch you off. No, I'm sorry. But you've been there twice, you said I've been once. The heavy metal section is very small, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's it's a tiny little corner for sure. Yeah. I've never been. I do want to go though. I mean, being such a Beatles fan, I'm sure I'd love that part of it. But yeah, I, I I love music in general, so I'd love to to you know I'm a big Elvis guy too, so I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, awesome. they, they have a huge Elvis area, a huge Beatles area, and and that's yeah. what they should have. I mean, they those should. were huge people. They're the and, two most and, important artists in music history. Yeah, and you should pay homage to that. You know what I mean? Definitely. And there's a big '60s section, and there's Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and all that kind of yeah. stuff that you should definitely have. But yeah, the 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 metal is just so small and you know yeah. seems underappreciated you know yeah. it is well i mean even look back in the day when sabbath was around in the 70s they were always laughed upon by the critics they were slammed so bad and you know they're definitely the most influential band of the last 50 years yeah and they were slammed by in articles about shows that never happened like there right. were shows that were canceled but yet you know certain publications would you know still put out a review of the show Tell me how off what was, and the show never even happened. So yeah, and major publications like Rolling Stone and Cream, mm -hmm. they they fucking lambasted their records. It was brutal. Yeah. Well, I, I gave them a lot of credit when they came out. They were going totally against the grain. It was like the hippie music, you know, that was going on, peace and right. love, and everything. And they were going to go in a totally different direction, you know, and let that stand out a little bit more. Which was they're really taking a chance, which was really cool. But these guys created something that no one had done yet. Yeah. And, and just think about it. This is what I always say to Rob, and it, and it kind of blows my mind when I think about it. When we're listening to Black Sabbath and Paranoid, that's 52 years ago. That would be like listening to something from 1918 when Black Sabbath was released. And think about how relevant it still is. I mean, every band that picks up a guitar and plays heavy metal owes something to those original Black Sabbath records. Absolutely. You know? and lyrics that are still relevant we've talked about it a lot on our show oh, but like yeah. war pigs the lyrics to war pigs still stands in 2022 as much as it did Amazing. in 1970 definitely i totally agree i totally agree and there's so much more we could we could talk about with sabbath and that but uh i want to cover a couple other things we talked a little bit about the favorite ozzy albums i'm sure you guys have seen ozzy in concert quite a few times can you can you recollect like what may have been your most memorable tour or favorite tour or something cool that happened when you, when you saw him? Um, one that sticks out for me, I had uh, some really good seats last second, really good seats in Nashville, Tennessee for the scream tour with Gus G and I was uh, five rows back center stage. I've had front row twice, but that was back when Ozzy used that big old giant foam gun. So okay. I got a lot of photos of me just covering foam from literally head to toe from that concert. That was, that one was really fun. Um, I saw him back-to-back -back nights on the 13th tour with Black Sabbath. And the second night, I was front row. And uh, the first night, I was in the back. That first night in Chicago was one of the best Aussie shows. It was Black Sabbath. It was one of the best performances Aussie has ever put on that I've seen. And I've seen him 20-plus times. And... Um, it was just magical that night. He was just, he had, there was, there was something in the air with him. His, his, he just was in such a good mood. He was joyful. He was singing like little show tunes on stage and just goofing off and aggravating the guys. 
and that, that one really stood out also. Uh, and you guys just talked to Gus G, was it a couple weeks ago too on your show, right? Uh, a couple, we had about him a year ago. About a year, yeah. Oh, a year ago? Okay. I didn't know what order it was. Okay. Yeah, he was a great, he's a great guest, great guitar player. We love Gus. I, I still think, before I answer my question, I'm sorry, before I answer your question, Ozzy not writing a record with Gus is a huge missed opportunity. And Joe Holmes, he should have written a record with both of those guys. So for me personally, I have two answers like Josh did. I can't beat the first time I saw him in 1986 on the Ultimate Sin tour with Metallica opening with Cliff Burton. I, I mean, I was already a huge Metallica fan and they were my second favorite band at that time, coincidentally. So when I heard that Ozzy was coming, I got to see him. My mom finally let me go to an Ozzy show because of my age and Metallica was opening. It was, I, I will never forget that concert. It was mind blowing. And my second would be the very, very first OzFest show. The very first OzFest show was here in Phoenix in 1996. He only did two dates on that tour, one in Phoenix and one in California. And I was obviously at the one in Phoenix. I had second row and the lineup was fucking stellar. And I just remember being blown away by a festival like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah, I have to echo what you said, definitely, Dan. I saw him on the Ultimate Sin Tour. That was amazing. Uh, with Metallica, I was lucky to catch him um, when he uh, when Motley Crue was playing for him. Also, I think it was Spark at the Moon tour. That was Motley, Spark at the Moon. Yeah, yeah. When Motley Crue opened, and that was that was an amazing show. That was that was really cool. I don't remember that one as much, unfortunately. I think I had a little bit too much good time that that night. But uh, my yeah, mom, I'll... my mom won't let me go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, you know, Motley. Yeah, I, I... I'm just going to be honest with you. I was three years old when that one happened. So <laughs> now I'm the old man of the group. Yeah, oh we are God. old men. I will tell you though, that in Phoenix, Motley Crue wasn't allowed to play. You know, I mean, people don't really realize all of the satanic shit that went on in the eighties and how all of the right, you know, all of the, the conservatives and the Christians came out against heavy metal in general. Yeah. So here in Phoenix, it was rat that played the show yeah. and not Motley Crue. Yeah. 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 Well, let's, crazy. let's, let's, let's face it. All the little satanic undertones and it was, it was all for show. None of these guys oh, are yeah. Satan worshipers or devil worshipers or go to a black mass or it's, it's all about the showmanship and about the image. That's, that's all it was. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, Ozzy said it for years. It's like Vincent Price isn't a Satan worshiper. He just right. likes to act in horror movies <laughs> right. and he's so right. right. You know, I mean, I, I don't know why people couldn't separate that from the music part of things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like exactly. we all know, you know, the original Black Sabbath album that was so creepy, right? Like the band never even saw it until it was finished. Right. <laughs> the inverted crucifix on the inside. That was yeah. all just the record yeah. label. Band I, that, and I think it. I think I saw a picture of the lady that's that's on that. And they have a yeah. picture of her now. I can't I don't you guys probably know her name, but uh, uh, not off the top of my head. But they I had a picture of her posted either. what she looks like now and they showed the old album and stuff. And that, yeah. I thought Juliana that was something. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, she looked great. But I thought that was so cool. That building is just so creepy. And I always oh. see the pictures where they put like the the, the the shot of the real building that they actually used and stuff. And yeah. I thought I thought that was so amazing and so cool. Um, yeah. Amazing. Another thing I wanted to touch on, which I really can't name another artist or band that was able to do this. When you're an opening band for Ozzy Osbourne, you're pretty much launching your career. Oh, yeah. Pretty much almost every time. There's been a couple misfires or things that didn't go as far for people, you know, wasted open for them. Fastway was great. 
you know, they, they didn't really go as far as they could have gone, super talented guys. But so many other folks, I mean, you were opening for Ozzy. You were, you were writing your ticket if you had a good tour, pretty much, is what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, I love that point, Rob, because I'll tell you what, so many bands are afraid to take out strong openers. But Ozzy was never that way, ever. Never. He was always gracious to, to take the best upcoming bands. And you're right, he's launched a thousand careers. And I think that's really amazing. And still does. I mean, when Black Sabbath went on the farewell tour and took Rival Sons out with them, I thought that was huge because Rival right. Sons is probably one of the best new bands out right now. And they have a fresh sound, a fresh vintage sound. But, uh, you know, they really hadn't earned that stripe yet to open for Black Sabbath. But yet they got the opportunity because I think those guys saw them as someone who those guys in their management, the team, as someone who could potentially be a, a you know a, a, a big fish down the road, you know, and like, like Dan said, they're just not afraid to do that. I mean, I saw Corn open for Ozzy in 1996, and that was before Corn was Corn at all, right? I mean, there's so yeah. many stories like that. Metallica before they were Metallica on the Ultimate yeah. Sin tour, you know. I mean, it's so many stories like that, and not to mention Ozfest. How I many bands came up from that, just one after another? Right. Yeah, Anthrax exactly. for the State of Euphoria tour opened for him, and and on No Rest for the Wicked. Uh, obviously, um, Slaughter, Vixen. I, I mean, he has taken out so many bands. So, I mean, you could even go back to the early years, uh, Solo, Def Leppard, and Motorhead. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, those, that's huge. Those yeah, are the sport yeah. acts on the Blizzard of Oz tour and then the, 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 the United States Blizzard of Oz tour. So it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I just think that speaks volumes about Ozzy, about his management, about what they were trying to do for music in general. I, I just think that's that's amazing. I. I wondered why he never had, had his own label going on and doing that. But we did have you and you brought it up a little bit, Dan. We did have Ozfest, right? He realized he wanted to do his own festival and he wasn't going to conform to what these other guys were doing. He's going to do it himself, which I thought was super cool. And again, he brought some great bands out for people. A lot of people don't realize, too, he got told no by Lollapalooza, which is what launched Ozfest. He yep. tried to get on Lollapalooza and they told him, no, you're past, you're past your prime. Right. And you don't tell Sharon that, that's for sure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we got Ozfest. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. And he did have a record label for a little while. It was called Divine, right? Divine John Records. Oh, did he? Okay. Divine. I wasn't yeah. it, it was very brief. It, it, it was very he brief. He put out Tony Iommi's uh, solo album, the one that had the different singers on it. Yeah. That was Iommi. on Divine Records. And he also uh, the Ozfest CD that came out was on Divine. Yeah. They had a band called Pure Rubbish that I really liked that was signed to them. Uh, just did the one album that I know of, but, but yeah, so yeah, they, they, they took a stab at that. Point. I think that might have been Jack's way of trying to get involved a little, but it just it didn't really go over. Well, Jack was really int intricate in, uh, I'm sorry, integral in uh, picking the bands for Ozfest. Looking bands for, for sure. Ozfest, yeah, yeah. And that was when he was like 18 years old or something. Not he, even he knew, it. you yeah. know, yeah, he knew who was who was hot and who wasn't, who had it, you know. Let's be honest, Ozzy isn't that in touch with the younger bands. No. I saw he was when he was on uh, Ozzy Speaks the other day. Billy's like, "So, what front man out there do you really like right now?" And he said, "D. Snyder." D. Snyder needs a plug, man. He needs to yeah, plug. We love D. Snyder. I love D. Snyder. I've been talking to his management. He's a busy guy. Yeah. yeah. And he but, hey, let's be honest. Recently, D's new compared to the Beatles, because you know that's true. Well, <laughs> he must have watched the Twisted Sister documentary or something, because then they followed that up with what band do you feel like was underrated? And he said yeah. Twisted Sisters. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I like D Snyder. He's outrageous, but he he's amazing. 
he he really paid his dues in his band. People don't really know unless yes. you read the book. And, yeah, and they, they were on the New York through. scene for like a decade, weren't they, before yeah. they broke? Fuck yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they definitely paid some huge dues. And I, and I just I just love D. Snyder's attitude. And let's face it, he, he, he went to Congress and told them how it was back in the day. People yeah. forget that. You know, they thought they were going to get some stupid, long-haired, hippie freak that didn't know what he was talking about. And he right. was prepared. He was well-spoken, you know, and he, and he showed them all exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I was See, talking Josh about that baby. at work the other day, actually. Yeah. I, I was talking about that. And I was telling somebody at work about how, how they did that. And I said, you know, he had this little sheet of paper and he was all wadded up. He just unwadded the paper and read it. And, and my coworker said, the only thing that would have been cooler would have been if he'd been wearing his clown makeup like he wore on stage. But he yeah. walked in. And I was, yeah. uh, that it was a definitely drop the mic moment in, in there when he <laughs> yeah. did that. But the truth of the For matter sure. is, you know, you and I really, I mean, I was 13, 14 years old, I think, during all that. I really had a fear that I was not going to be able to buy the records that I was, it was my life. Let's really? be perfectly really? honest. Yeah. yeah, metal was my fucking life in those days. And it's still a huge part of it. But just having the fear of going, oh my God, I might not be able to buy the new Slayer record because I'm not old enough. What the fuck? It yeah. was I, had, I had the time. totally opposite effect with that. I was in total rebellious mode. I was like, they're not going to stop this. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And what happened? It made you want the album even oh, more. Put that sticker on there. Sure. I can't have it. Of course I want it. Definitely. Yeah. You know, so it was almost like a marketing tool. It was perfect. You know what I mean? It was the Absolutely. best. It was the best you marketing know? every one of those bands could. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's a rated R movie. Of course, I want to go see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was just reading the Dirty Ten today, I think, and I was laughing at some of the fucking bands on there. Right. I mean, it's kind of funny, like Vanity. I was like, oh my god, they just they just went after so much. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That, that was that was definitely so crazy back then, for sure. Well, I just got one or two other things to bring up with you guys. So, and then we'll probably try to wrap it up here a little bit. I don't want to keep you any longer. So with everything that's going on, you know, Ozzy's getting older. There's not a lot of real together metal bands going on. Who is going to carry the torch for metal? Who is, is, is there, is there somebody you think that's going to come about? You think we're going to get another, you know, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue. Is somebody going to, rise up and, and and be that next big hard metal band are we, are we going to get that ever again what do you guys think any any thoughts Dan, go ahead <laughs> dance dance smiling over there he's got something to say yeah it's it's not good so i like a lot of bands you know like i'm a huge fan of ghost a lot of people don't like ghost but i think no, ghost I do, is yeah. fucking phenomenal and i think he's got it you know why because he writes melodies and you could sing those songs and they got some great music musicianship. I think if there is one band, it's going to be ghost. I also love another band called unto others, but they're a little bit too underground, but they're, they're, they're great melodies and, and great music. But unfortunately, you know, I do a lot of football coaching and I'm, I'm around, you know, younger kids a lot and right. it, they have no idea about rock music. I mean, I, I am a little bit worried about rock music's future because of how it just does not resonate with the younger kids. It is yeah. still huge among people our age, but Rob, right. I got to be honest, it, it, it definitely scares me a little bit. Like, you know, my kids listen to it because they had no choice growing up, but you know, I'll play Metallica for these kids and they're like, well, what the fuck is this yeah. shit? Well, I, you know, I know there's off. a small movement of, of younger kids that are into metal that are playing guitar. They're are getting into it. Ho hopefully, hopefully that'll blossom, you know, in the future. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, with the with the current state of music, how it's all poppy and all these different things going on, and and I don't and country. Right. I don't even know if it's country music anymore. It's almost like a poppy country. I I, I don't right. know. Sure. But hopefully, you know, heavy metal and rock and roll has always had to you know claw its way out back to the top. It'll never be as it was in the golden days of the '80s with hair metal. But hopefully, there's there's something that still carries the torch in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that, that's ghost for sure. Yeah. The biggest thing right now that I kind of pay attention to is I love to look at kids. I love to watch kids play instruments. I love to hear about kids learning to play guitar or learning piano or, you know, just taking an interest in musical arts. The thing that blows my mind is their heroes are the same heroes you had, the same heroes Dan had, and the ones I had. So, like, if a small, if a 13 year old boy starts playing guitar right now, I can guarantee you his favorite guitar player is probably Angus Young or Randy Rhodes, or Eddie Van Halen, and it's like, that's kind of sad, because there's no one newer that they really can glom to, and just take off with, like we did, those guys were our era guys, you know, and there's no one in the newer era that they really, they get very excited about, and that kind of bums me out, so as far as the future goes, it makes me very nervous also, I do think in 20 years, you'll probably still have your Slipknots out there doing their tours, like Ozzy is right now, Slipknot's in their 60s, but they're still out there. But that's going to be hard but, to do for them at that age. It's so... For sure. That That is really hard on the body. You know, I don't know for if sure. a band like Slipknot could do that in their 60s. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, there's no... As far as carrying the torch, it makes me really nervous, man. It really does. I just don't know who's going to continue to pick it up. And bands come along. I mentioned Rival Sons earlier. Your great Van Fleet. So people get excited about for 10 minutes, and then they're over it no time later. So it's just so hard to, to, to maintain that right now. There's so much out there. The, Another one the I'll mention with, is, go ahead. I'm sorry, Josh. No, go ahead. As I said, the beauty with the internet is that everyone has a voice and everyone can get their band heard. But at the same time, there's so much that it's hard to listen to all of it. And it's hard to really take to one in particular. You know, when we were growing up and you only had, what, like 13 channels on TV, right? So if ABC aired something, everyone saw it. The Beatles on Ed right. Sullivan, right? Like yeah. they all, everyone saw that and it changed the world of music. Yeah. For, me it was whoever, for me, it was whoever was in Hit Parade or in Circus Magazine. They just came yeah. out. It's like, followed those to the T. Exactly. These are the new bands. Or whoever you know? was on MTV. Right. right? Yep. You know, and, and, and that was it. And that made them huge. And now there's just so much of an outlet for that that I just don't know that anyone will ever be that big again. Yeah, I, I agree. I almost think it's it's an oversaturation of bands. For sure. So like, yeah, when we were growing up, for me, it was record labels. You know, right. nothing excited me more going to the record store, and I, I still go to the record store to this day. I love it. Is back in the day, I would buy a record not even knowing what the band sounded like. I was like, all right, they're on, you know, Metal Blade or they're on Noise or whatever was the cool label at the time. Had, had a cool album cover. That's how I discovered Slayer. I went to the record store. I saw the cover of Hello Waits and I thought, fuck, this looks amazing. I'm going to buy that record. I had never heard them. I never heard of them. You know, you don't, you, in 1985, it wasn't like the internet or any of that stuff. So you just had to buy shit based on the record label it was on, the album cover, what they look like. It, it was kind of a crazy time. But nowadays, at the oversaturation of it is just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I'm really hopeful that's, that something will keep it, keep it alive and keep it going. I know a lot of younger folks are picking up instruments and, that's great. and hopefully, hopefully that that comes back in some way, shape or form. Again, obviously it won't be what it is now, but it, at least hopefully we'll have it in the future. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. So, Well, what also hurts it a little bit, Rob, and I'll, I'll, I'll make this point real quick is you got a band like Volbeat 
I love that Volbeat's really popular and I love Volbeat. I was into the Volbeat because I saw James wore a Volbeat shirt from Metallica many, many years ago when you could only buy their albums from Europe. And I was doing that. But now they're out, they're huge. And then the metalheads, you know, they rip on them. And it's like, dude, you shouldn't be ripping on Volbeat. You should love the fact that they're popular because it's going to keep this music that we all love alive. Exactly. Exactly. Huge point. Huge point, man. Great place to, to end with it there. I so appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys joining us. This has been great talking all things Ozzy, patient number nine. So glad for you guys to be here. Check these guys out on Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Ozzy podcast, all the streaming services. You guys are on uh, YouTube, too, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram Twitter. I'm Twitter. sure you're all over the place, right? Yep. Just as we are. Yes, yes sir. Absolutely. Excellent, excellent. And, and I know you're probably going to get a sneak peek of the rest of the album coming up. I hope you, you give me maybe a little bit of info on, on what you hear. It would be great to hear about that. And so good to speak to you guys. And hopefully we can speak to you again sometime in the future. Yeah, you Thank too, you man. So Thanks for your patience. For the listeners that don't know, I was... 30 minutes late getting on and they had to wait on 20. me. I apologize. And thank you for your patience. <laughs> oh, no problem, man. No problem. Hey, Rob, thank you so much. It was great getting thank to know you. you, man. And, you know, hey, you're my New York metal brother. So anytime, we'd love to have you on sometime too. And definitely we'd love to be back. So excellent. You. Excellent. So great, you guys. Definitely great chatting with you. And if you folks out there want to know more about us, you have questions or comments, please feel free to email us at talkingaboutrock at gmail.com. Please like us and follow us on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And for this show and all our other interviews, you can catch us on all the streaming services for the podcast. Again, guys, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Good health, Ozzy, and night, Ozzy Osbourne. That's right. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much, man.